gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Rasethis, and this week we're talking about the original JLo rom-com, The Wedding Planner. But first, guys, welcome back to the month of JLo. As you know, we are dedicating this entire month to the icon herself, and we're doing a deep dive into one of her rom-coms every single week. But first, of course, we always have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Mercedes, who are you crushing on this week? Oh my gosh, so this might be a little off the cuff, but Larry David. <laughs> I love, <laughs> literally, I love Larry David. Um, he has a new documentary coming out in March on HBO. Oh. And I'm so excited to learn more about him. I adore him. I've seen every episode of Seinfeld and Curb multiple times. So I'm a what is the fan. documentary going to be about? It's just going to be about his life and like his journey through comedy and <laughs> just, you know, him being bald. <laughs> being, being Larry David. Did you see his Super Bowl commercial this year? Yes, and then it ended up just being for crypto, and I was so startled. I was like, does he even know what crypto is? I know, right? time I was like, how did they get him to do this? That is so funny. Okay, well, Larry David, hello. Never thought of him that way, but now I'm going to look at him differently. Okay, so I, oh, this is my dilemma. Okay, Ooh. if you know me, you know one of my all-time favorite shows is Game of Thrones, kind of like every other person on this planet but like <laughs> i have a game of thrones tattoo on my back i got it in ireland because they, oh, wow. they shot like part of game of thrones in ireland and i did like the game of thrones tour where we did the dark hedges and stuff oh how but cool i okay so when game of thrones before this last season i would watch game of thrones from the beginning and then watch it all the way through to the recent episode wow. and then when i was done i would do it again i've seen game of thrones like from season one all the way through so many times and so i've been thinking about doing that again but every time i think about starting watching it again because i don't know why i'm just a habitual watcher same i i think of that last season where it is did you see it so i've only seen season one of game of thrones <laughs> and i didn't even finish that one i don't think <laughs> but i've heard i've heard the discourse on that okay. last season okay yeah. it's just it puts such a bad taste in my mouth i can't get it out of my head every single time i'm like yes i'm gonna start game of thrones again because it's so good i just think of that last season if i have to go through that again like that was painful for me all of that to say is that my celebrity crush of the week is joe dempsey and he played gendry in game of thrones who you wouldn't know because he wasn't in season uh, <laughs> yeah no he was in season one but he was like very briefly okay um, but he's such a good actor. He actually was in this limited series called Retribution that I watched, and he was just, like, fire in it. And I don't know how many people watched that, but he was so good. And I knew him before Game of Thrones because I used to watch, like, all UK TV shows, and I used to watch him in Skins, and he was so Oh, cute. he's in Skins. He's in Skins, yeah. Uh-huh. I have to remember his character's name, but he is in Skins. Okay. But he just Love seems him. like such a nice guy, and he's so cute with his little eyes and his brown hair. I just love him. Anyways, Joe Dempsey, if you're listening to this, Please slide my DMs. I uh, I would love that. Yes. Get it, Kendra. Get it, yes. All right, guys. We are going to move to the TLDR. This is just where we summarize the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Again, we're talking about The Wedding Planner, and this is a fair warning. There are spoilers in this. You can go stream it on Peacock. <laughs> Mary, played by the icon Jennifer Lopez, has just always loved love and weddings, so it makes sense that she grew up to become a wedding planner. She is just such a boss at what she does. She is super organized, and she can anticipate problems and already has solutions. She's so good at making people's big dates come true, but she's alone in her life. 
She does have a really close relationship with her father, who lives in a nursing home with some very colorful friends. Her father sees she needs someone and recruits Massimo, played by Justin Chambers, who she spent summers with when growing up in Italy. But of course, Mary is not persuaded. She's just incredibly ambitious and has a goal to become a partner at the wedding planning firm that she works at. She negotiates this with her boss by waging, if she lands the big wedding account of Francine Donnelly, of food heiress of sorts, then she should be made partner. With the help of her assistant, played by Judy Greer, Mary lands the account. But of course, as fate would have it, after a freak shoe incident in the street, Mary is saved by a handsome doctor named Steve, played by Matthew McConaughey. They share a beautiful movie night in the park where they almost share a first kiss. And I say almost because thank goodness they did it because Mary learns that Steve, aka Eddie, is actually the groom in the Donnelly wedding. Tensions rise throughout the film as Mary is forced to go along to different venues and events with Eddie and his bride-to-be. All the while, Massimo is still chasing after Mary. My favorite moment comes when Massimo proposes to Mary properly, and she accepts. The wedding is called off when her father realizes that she couldn't be happy with him, and Eddie calls off his wedding when both he and Fran realize they're not right for each other anymore. And we all know what happens next. Eddie and Mary meet back up in the park where they shared their first beautiful night, and the rest is history. So this is a 2001 film directed by Adam Shankman, who you know from A Walk to Remember. Oh, my God. So good. So good. He also did Hairspray, which I love. I love BS. One of my favorite rom-coms, I will always say this, Going the Distance with Justin Long and Drew Oh, yes. He also directed that. Underrated. Underrated. Thank you. God, Justin Long is everything. I just you love, love every episode. Can every I like, episode. Justin Long? <laughs> Justin Long. Yeah. Every time. I mean, dude, we're talking. If we're talking about rom coms, Justin Long is going to come up a lot. I can't wait till we do a Justin Long movie. <laughs> I know it's going to be epic. I will not <laughs> shut up about him. <laughs> but Mercedes, tell me some fun industry facts you got about this. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this was Shankman's <laughs> debut feature, which is pretty major. What? Really. Yeah. It, and also, it marked the beginning of the J-Lo, Matthew McConaughey rom-com careers. Yeah. So And, like, they really defined the early 2000s. They're, like, two of the rom-com early 2000 era people. Mm-hmm. Like, Kate Hudson, we know. Yep. And, like, all those guys. They're all part of the same crew, you know? <laughs> so, like, and I personally think that, like, the best actors in Hollywood were probably leading men in rom-coms in the past. Yeah. You need that era in your career. Because yeah. they're just more charming, you know? Was and Denzel Washington ever, like, in rom-coms? I'm trying to think of his... He wasn't... You know what he's in? He's in Mississippi Masala. Have you seen it? I have not seen that. Oh, my God. It's the... Mira Nair movie and it's so good it just went to Criterion oh okay so, yeah so I will watch that because I'm thinking when I think of like great Hollywood actors he's the very first one that oh, comes definitely. to mind <laughs> it's definitely more of like a rom-drom but it's mm. so good I okay. love it yeah I will I will yeah. to watch that okay I really do think that like J-Lo and Matthew McConaughey defines like early 2000s rom-com Hollywood mm-hmm. just like Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant did in the 90s yeah. like they were that next generation you know and also this was Judy Greer I think it was her first rom-com it was either her first or her second and mm-hmm. like we know her as the BFF in all rom-coms so in like that's rom-coms. major yeah exactly and it's so funny too because they, they don't get married in the end and then that also happened in 27 dresses and I just thought that was really yeah funny. like and she's in both of them <laughs> oh I love her so, fun fact, did you know that Brendan Fraser was supposed to play Matthew McConaughey's role and oh Sarah Michelle Gellar was supposed to play Jennifer Lopez's role, but they had scheduling conflicts, so they both weren't able to do it. So Sarah Michelle Gellar was still doing Buffy and then Brendan Fraser was doing something else. But how much different would this movie be today if it starred those two instead of oh, <laughs> Matthew J. Lo? Imagine George of the Jungle and Buffy. <laughs> 
I would love it. I would love it just the same. <laughs> I would too, also. I, I saw this on the internet that there's a scene where Mary is talking uh, to Penny, Judy Greer's character. And she's just like, Massimo would ask me if I had a vagina. She would walk around when, I, when we were kids and ask me if I had a vagina. And then Penny is like, well, maybe he just wants to be a doctor. And then we know that Justin Chambers is famous for yes. playing a doctor on Grey's Anatomy. So he did grow up to be a doctor. <laughs> a lot of people don't put two and two together that he's in The Wedding Planner because of that crazy accent he does. Yeah, yeah. And then people are like, oh, my God, that's him. And you're like, yes, mm-hmm. that accent wasn't good. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what did you think of that accent? Because I'm thinking, like, is that Italian or is that, does he have like a... It's so chaotic. Like, I, and like, part of it, he's just talking gibberish. But you know, I love him. He's so beautiful. I do too. I do. and I also okay. We're gonna get into it, but I really like Massimo. Anyway, <laughs> I'm excited. So yeah. I read in the production notes that this was originally inspired by an ad about how to become a wedding planner course just at like a community college or something that the writers saw and then they were like okay no we need to go to like a bridal trade show we need to interview these wedding planners and learn more about the industry because they loved the combination of romance and like logistics I don't know events like that like you really have to take it all into one and combine it all yeah which I love I think and- that's really interesting because you saw like in the beginning Mary is so organized and she's yeah. really good at anticipating problems and even when like that woman comes in and she gets a tan it looks really bad she's like just use some lemon juice and yeah. like I like she that. knows everything she always does her little kit her like, yeah. little first aid kit emergency kit I love yeah. it. Also, I read that Shankman described the four characters as like completely different extremes on views of love. So Mary's supposed to be the cynic. Steve is the the loyal one. Fran is practical. And then Massimo's our open hearted. He's just full of love. And I think that's such a good framing for this because Mm -hmm. it takes the villainization out of the conversation, which I mean, we could argue that Matthew McConaughey's character is the villain. Is the villain, right? Yeah. Because they but, always go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just love it that they didn't frame it as like sweet, wholesome Mary versus like evil Fran. Because I yeah. hate that. Yeah, but yeah, I think too. Like this one, especially today, is a bit more relatable because how many people do we know that have been together since college? I don't know about you, but I know a, a ton. And so <laughs> I know a couple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I just look at them and I'm like, are you guys still in love though? Like, do you still like each other? So it's kind of. I, I felt like I knew Fran on a personal level because she's in my friend group, right? Like, <laughs> you know her. Yeah, I know her exactly. Yeah. All right, guys, this is time for Time Capsule. Mercedes and I just like to recall where we were when we first saw this movie. So, again, this movie came out in 2001. Mercedes, how old were you and what were you doing? Oh, my goodness. So, I was five. So, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I do remember being obsessed when I was in middle school because it would come on like E and ABC Family all the time on the weekends. Yep. They would always have either like JLo weekends or like rom com weekends. <laughs> and I ate it up. Oh, my God. I even, this is how dedicated I was. I bought it on iTunes and would okay. watch it on my iPod Touch. Like, what? that is how you know that you love something. <laughs> And now my views have probably changed, but I just remember loving it. And like the whole montage at the beginning of like mm. JLo, of Mary being this type A cleaner, like her whole apartment's so organized. She's like vacuuming her curtains just alone. And I think it's supposed to be kind of sad. But to me, I always thought about it as like so aspirational because she yeah. was just so put together. And I was like, yes, she's the dream. I love her. <laughs> That's so funny. So I was about nine years old. I don't remember where I was when I first saw this movie, but I know it was at some point 
maybe in middle school. I don't know why. I have a very hard time remembering certain things from elementary school. Like even like Same. fifth grade where I was like clearly a human. <laughs> it's <laughs> hard. It was reason. so long ago. It was so long ago. But you know what I do remember about being nine years old? So that was, I was about in third grade, I think. And that was a tough year for me because I had a very rude third grade teacher and it was Miss mm. Ross. And she was like that teacher. You know how at the end of the year, the previous year, they read to you who your next teacher is going to be for the following year. Everyone in second grade was like, not Miss Ross, not Miss Ross. Oh, my God. I got I got Miss Ross. Um, <laughs> but also that year, I got really good at math. So you wouldn't know this about me, but like I was kind of like a math star. Oh, my gosh. Mathematician? Not even. Like I wasn't part of like a math league or anything like that. But like, OK, during this time. My dad thought the idea of a fun summer was doing math problems. So he like went to the bookstore, got a, a math textbook, and we would have to sit there and do math problems every day before we were allowed to go outside and play. Oh, my yeah. God. Dads love math. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> so I hate to admit it, but it did help because at this point, like, we would have contests. She would give us a times table. So it'd be like your two times table, your nine times table. Oh, yeah. And there would be like all of these problems on it. And whoever finished first got a piece of candy. Mercedes, don't ever tempt me with candy because I will move heaven and earth. That's your motivation. That is my motivation, especially nine-year-old Kendra. So I just remember, like, always being the first one in class to finish and get all of them right. And I'd always get the lemon head and everyone would be giving me a sour face like, Kendra got the candy, but whatever. (laughs) I don't even use math. That's our very own mathematician. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember who you, like, had a crush on that year? When you were so five? I don't remember <laughs> any of the, I don't remember any crushes, but okay, Lizzie McGuire premiered the same month that uh, this movie came out. So I know that this was a major Disney Channel moment for me. So that's like <laughs> the first time I saw Ethan Kraft, which was huge. Yeah. And like even Gordo. Gordo, by the end, I was team Gordo. But at the beginning, I was like, Ethan Kraft and his floppy hair. I loved him. Have I told you that my old roommate from college is engaged to Gordo? Oh, my life. God. Oh, wait. Yes. I think we have I, talked about this. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I was like, shocked all over again. That's literally. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say Ethan Craft this time. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> you think he's hot still now, Ethan Craft? <laughs> Probably not. I know. We'll have to look him up afterwards. <laughs> I hope. Wishful so, thinking. Wishful thinking. I remember that year. So I grew up in a predominantly white society. Like I was one of like very few black kids. And like, mm. especially in elementary school, I was usually the only black kid in my class. But I remember that year, we got Andrew White in my class, and he was black, and he was my very first crush on a black guy. (laughs) Iconic. Iconic. Um, And it was so funny. It was ironic as well, because his last name was White, but, you know. I know. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Had the biggest crush on him that year. I just love any crush that has double names. Anytime you, like, know the first and last name, you're like, yes, this was important. Exactly. We have talked about this double name thing, too. (laughs) all right guys welcome to the rom-com hall of fame first of course mercedes we have to roast this movie this movie is over 20 years old so obviously a lot of it there's some parts that don't age well but tell me what you think oh my gosh okay so my biggest gripe is that j-lo is italian Mary yes. is, an <laughs> is an Italian woman, and we know Jennifer Lopez is Latina, so just, I will never understand the reasoning for this. It is so unnecessary. She could have easily just been Latina, yep. but you know what? It's What's done is done. <laughs> it's, still, it's the worst part of this movie for me, and there are many criticisms, but... <laughs> you know what's so funny is, again, I didn't even remember that she was Italian. I had a, when I was re-watching it this time for us to talk about, I was like, 
Oh, wait, wait, she's Italian? It doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. (laughs) You know, I feel like, okay, so there's this part where Mary's boss makes a comment to the florist and she's like, if you put carnations in my bouquet again, I will deport you. And I just like, I do not think deportation jokes are funny at all. Mm -hmm. I also didn't think they were funny back then. Granted, I don't think I understood what deportation was when I was like, child, yeah. But, and even like without being in our current political crisis, jokes about deportation are just not. No, absolutely not. Like, they ruin, it ruins people's lives. Literally. It separates families. We should not be joking about deportation at all. So, that's my, that's one of my roasts. Definitely. My other roast is more lighthearted, but the scene where Steve says the M&Ms have less, or brown M&Ms have less artificial coloring. Like, you're a doctor, sir. Do you not know basic color theory? (laughs) Brown has more colors. Like, to make, to create brown. Also, it's a candy layer on top of the chocolate. It's not just chocolate on chocolate. Like, (laughs) sir, you are an adult man. (laughs) And you don't know the makeup of an (laughs) M&M. Oh, nonetheless, though, every time I eat an M&M, I think of him. (laughs) Do you really? Oh, my gosh. Wait. I feel like I have some of those tropes in my life too. That whenever I do this, I think of a, I think of a rom com. So I will say, I had to fix my bed frame. It's been squeaking, and I had to take my mattress and my mattress pad off. And of course, I thought of the Princess Diaries too, where they're like surfing on the mattress. Yes, but they're sliding on the mattresses. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's always been a dream. Exactly. I feel like there's always something that reminds me of a rom com whenever I do like little, little yeah, things. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so one of my roasts, too, is, okay, this may be controversial, but this is my opinion. Just, like, dating for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. I personally don't get that, especially if your goal is to be married, right? So, like, Eddie and Fran had been together since college, and I just feel like people who are adults who date for a really, really long time, to me, that just shows a lack of commitment and a lack of certainty and a lack of understanding what it is that you want. And again, this is only for people who, like, have the goal to be married. If you just want to be in partnership, you don't care to get married, whatever, like, do do what you do. But I just feel like I have so many friends who are just in really long-term relationships who want to get married, but they're just dating for, like, seven, eight, ten years. And it's like, mm. cool, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like I could have seen that coming, though, you know? The fact that I could have seen Fran and Eddie breaking up. It's just been it's just been happening quite often in my friend group lately. And it's just like, yeah, I think a lot of people get so comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, too, just being a chronically single person, like life is technically easier with someone else. So sometimes you don't want to go back into that discomfort of of being alone or that uncertainty of being alone. And some people are just like better in relationships. So and they'd rather. So many- yeah, there's so many factors with it, too. Like, you get to know their whole world and yep. you get attached to, like, their loved ones, too. Yep. So it becomes more than just a single person. So mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part when it when it's, like, a long-term thing that's, like, mm-hmm. is suspected to be leading to marriage, but you really, you're really not sure. I think it's, like, it encompasses so many more people in the relationship than yeah. just the two. Absolutely, 100%. What other roads do you have for Sidis? <laughs> oh my goodness. So, okay, just for a second. Imagine this story if Steve had to wear an engagement ring. Like, if men had to wear an engagement ring, this mm. story wouldn't have happened. That's true. So, I'm just, I just think that's interesting. Also, like, the fact that you have no photos of your fiancé in your office <laughs> and you have one weird one of you. Like, I don't know. Like, when he mentions that's his sister, that's perfect invitation to be like, oh, yeah, I don't have any photos of my fiancé in here right now. They're... 
I'm getting them printed. I don't right. know. They're you being know reframed. <laughs> you know what's funny about that photo? That's actually a picture. I think of like the the line producer or like the art director. It's it's oh, a, really? it's actually a photo of some of a crew member on the movie whose scene got cut. So they just like took a photo of it and put it in his office and like mm-hmm. made a comment about it. Little to Easter kinda... egg. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> but you're funny. right. You're like, who doesn't have photos of their loved ones around there? Yeah, and like it's a children's hospital too. Like I bet families come in there. They'd probably want to see you with someone that you love in exactly. your office too. It's great. and like how charming is a pediatrician? Like I always think of New Girl and Doctor Sam as a pediatrician, and he <laughs> like there's a whole episode where that makes him so much hotter. Because he, like, works with kids and he, like, takes care of kids. Yeah. And, like, that's such a charming quality. Like, you know they did, they did, they made him a pediatrician on purpose for this movie because it's just such a hot job. It is. It is. Being a, being a doctor, period. I feel like, too, we have to note that there's also this weird kind of quirk in rom-coms where it kind of seems like they condone cheating, right? Mm-hmm. There were so many opportunities for Eddie to be like, hey, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. Yeah. This is my fiance. Like, whatever. And I just felt like he just wanted to have his cake and eat it too. And then also, Mary wasn't very forthcoming about saying that she wasn't engaged to Massimo, even mm-hmm. after just like her blame disdain for him. Like that that scene where he comes and like uh, Mary is with Fran and Eddie and he's like, I'm for her fiance. And she's just like, oh, and she's just, like, shake, shaking her head. Yeah. And it's like, you speak up. Like, <laughs> exactly. Just say something. Just and say then something. that's when Steve turns it all around on Mary and is like, you lied to me. And it's like, yeah. okay, no, this is not the same, <laughs> first of all. Yeah. But she, like, won't say it. It's, like, almost out exactly. of It's so interesting how that it's happens. It's so weird. Oh, my god. I, I had one other observation. This isn't really a roast. But yeah. I think there's symbolism in Mary and Fran's hairstyling. Because mm. if you look at it, Mary has this, like, tight pulled back perfectly styled hair all the time like not a single flyaway no frizz <laughs> and then you see fran and it's more tousled and it's like in the lighting you catch all of her like frizz on top and mm-hmm. it's just so interesting because i'm like this had to be purposeful because like mary's hair just looks pristine in every yeah. scene yeah and i don't know what it's symbolizing i don't know because i don't think either one is the villain like i said before i think steve yeah. is the villain <laughs> it is just interesting and i think it just shows their personality so well it's a little it's a little detail that i appreciate that's so interesting that you noticed that mercedes and i want to ask you like do you feel like there are other rom-coms you've seen where you are actually maybe rooting for the person that you're not supposed to be rooting for like you're rooting for someone who's not the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you're going to like my answer. Okay. Because <laughs> I know this is a movie you really like. Um, and it's something borrowed. Ah! <laughs> my heart. My heart. Wait, okay, hold on. Go ahead. I can take it. I just I just root for Kate Hudson, I think. Really? Yeah. I think it's a bogus thing to do to your best friend <laughs> to like start dating. Or, like, start sleeping with her fiancé. I get that. But at the same time, she was sleeping with someone else, too. Okay. This is a... This is a we have to, <laughs> we'll, we have we'll to tell our producer that we need to do this episode. <laughs> We're going to have a lot to talk about. See, for me, it's uh, 500 Days of Summer. Like, I'm Ooh, rooting yeah. for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character because I didn't well. even realize that there was this disconnect between him and Summer of, like, him expecting something from her and her not owing him anything until I watched it with my friends and they're like, oh, yeah, like, he should have done this, he should... And I was like, oh, wait, no, I felt like they should have communicated. So I feel like 
that's my rom-com word. Whoa. I know. I know. Controversial. Well, I have a lot of thoughts about that, too. So that's another episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I can't wait to go back to those. <laughs> exactly. But first, Mercedes, tell me what your favorite quote was from, from this movie. Okay. I have two. And my first one is right when Steve saves Mary from the dumpster. And she says, Smell like sweet red plums and what a combo, you know? <laughs> I mean, I just love Matthew McConaughey's, like, Texas accent. And I just, yeah, it was really funny when he knocks over the statue and he's like, Oh, shit, Steve's stuck. What? Dana, Steve's glued to Hi there. <laughs> oh, my God. That scene is crazy. It's so crazy. I also just, like, Massimo's whole speech. I know I never done the right thing. I never say the right thing. And I act like a fool. I know I say we just be body body friends, but that would not be true to my heart. So I would ask you this one question. And if your answer is no, then I will leave you alone once and for all. Be my wife, Mary Fiore. I, I rewatched that last night before I went to bed because yeah. it's just so sweet. And I just feel like everything that he's offering is what I want in my life right now. So maybe that's why it hits different. Like, <laughs> Find your Massimo. I know. I just want my own Massimo. And also Italy was my very first solo travel trip. So it has a special place in my heart. Ooh, yes. That's so sweet. Yeah. What else? My other, my other favorite, which I did quote in our Marry Me episode too, but I misquoted. Mm -hmm. I'm a and that's where we get the J-Lo whisper. <laughs> the J-Lo whisper. Guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to go listen to last week's episode where Mercedes does a deep dive onto the the, the science behind the J-Lo whisper. <laughs> I love the J-Lo whisper. It always comes at the best moments. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Mercedes. So then, if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, would you swipe left or would you swipe right? So I think... I'm going to have to swipe right mm -hmm. for nostalgia's sake. Plus, like, I have the humor of a 12-year-old, so the statue balls scene I just love so much. Like, I'd swipe right just for that alone. It's so funny. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I do this thing on dating apps when, when I don't know about someone. If I want to swipe left or right on them, I just exit out of the app Ooh. and then go back in and hope that they don't pop back up for a while until I can make a decision. And I think that's what I would do with this movie because I don't know if I want to swipe left or right. Because there are moments I like about it, but then also, like I said, it's not my go-to rom-com. Like, when I'm thinking, yeah. gosh, I want a good J-Lo rom-com, I don't think of The Wedding Planner. So I think I would just, like, exit out of the app and, and hope that it doesn't pop back up until I have a decision made. <laughs> That's what I always do when I see a guy that I know in real life from, like, yeah. something else. I'm like, mm, you know, because I'm like, should I do the courtesy swipe? Well, like, yeah. what's, what's the deal here? <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, we're going to jump right into couples therapy. Mercedes and I just like to give dating advice to the characters on how they can improve their relationship. And I know you got some, Mercedes, so tell me your thoughts. Yeah. So my biggest thing here is that, like, we don't really get to see the emotional connection between Mary and Steve. Yeah. And I know this is a criticism that comes up a lot with this movie where, like, it's driven through, like, physical comedy plot mm -hmm. instead of actual character building. So yeah. that's, like, why we're not really seeing their emotional side till later. We don't even get to hear about, like, 
Mary's fear of like marriage from like being cheated on like right before her wedding, you know, Mm -hmm. like her fiance cheating on her. And like, that's like a huge thing. Like we should have heard about that way before. (laughs) And like, we don't really get to see like their emotional bond till later on. Mm-hmm. And instead, we see, like, a lot of hijinks and, like, we see, like, the obviously, like, it starts off with the dumpster incident and then we see, like, the tango scene. Mm-hmm. And then even, like, when Steve saves Mary off that horse and, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of physical comedy and a lot of just, like, chaos and, like, where they just kind of, like, happen to be together in that moment. And you're like, okay, but, like, I want to see them get to know each other, you yeah. know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think... It's crazy that this, I feel like this whole situation was just created by a lack of communication and withholding Mm -hmm. information. Like, I understand guarding your heart, but I felt like they were in a position where they could have revealed a lot more about themselves. And I just, I understand, and I just want to make sure I acknowledge this, because I understand one of the scariest things when you're in a relationship or, like, have the desire to be in a relationship is for someone to just fully know you intimately Mm -hmm. and completely. But it's also one of the most beautiful things, too. And I just feel like no one is a mind reader. No one can just assume how you're feeling. And we need to just be more open and honest with each other, with our feelings. You don't know. There's just this whole kind of stigma of like, I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known. And it's just, it can be so beautiful, though. Like, I've seen it. And it's gorgeous to just not have to always explain yourself. You just have that person who just gets it. Like, I want that. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's the dream. It is so hard and it's so scary. Mm -hmm. But, like, these two have such great chemistry. And, like, I want to see it flow into their emotional side, you know? Because, Mm -hmm. like, in each scene, like, they're, like, magnetic with each other. And I think that that speaks to them as actors, too. I think they're just great. Like, they balance each other out really well, even when the script is kind of wonky and their characters are (laughs) a little... Little kooky at times, <laughs> but uh, exactly, yeah. But you're so right. Mm-hmm. I just, I would, I think, like for Mary and Eddie, I would just want them to spend time just getting to know each other because Eddie literally said in his like whole declaration speech, like, I don't know you that well, but I know the curves of your face. Like, oh my gosh, I know the flecks of gold in your eyes. Yes, exactly, <laughs> dude. Get to know my heart because those gold, those specks of gold are gonna fade when I age. The curse of my face, I'm going to have a lot more of them when I age. So get to know my heart. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my advice for them. Do you have anything else? (laughs) No, that's really it. Yeah. And I want to know, too, like, what do you think their love language is? What do you think they give and what do they receive back? Oh, my goodness. So Mary is wholeheartedly acts of service. We see that Mm. with her job. We see Mm -hmm. that when she's willing to marry Massimo for, like, the sake of, like, her loved ones and, like, her dad, Mm -hmm. which is nuts to me and then but i she also needs acts of service like she is so self-sufficient and independent but like that also that means she like she deserves care too like just because she can do it all doesn't mean she should have to do it all like she deserves someone that she can rely on just as much yeah something that's been coming up a lot during this pandemic is just like people being like check in on your strong friends and i feel like people forget about strong people people who are independent who are self-sufficient People just don't ever think about them. And as one of those people, it's been really hard to be alone. And I would like, like, I feel like I'm very attentive to my friends and I'm mm-hmm. always showing up. And I, like, want that back, you know, especially yeah. in a And I definitely deserve that back. So <laughs> I completely yeah. agree. I agree that Mary gives and needs acts of service. 
it's just like I said, it's always hard to be the caretaker. Like you just you want that reciprocated. It's just such mm-hmm. a big desire. Also, my Enneagram is two wing three, like the helper. And so that's just kind of like I'm a two. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> this is why we go so well together, Brazil. I love it. <laughs> I think for for Eddie too. I think he needs quality time. Yes. Like, I don't know if you caught this, but he made some comment about Fran's career that kind of alluded to the fact that I think he wished that they spent more time together. I think quality time, the beautiful thing in that love language, is you're really just taking time to fall in love with each other. No distractions, no other things in the way. It's just the two of you spending time together. And I always think of, like, my perfect romantic evening is literally just, like, sitting on a couch with the TV in the background and the fireplace going. Like, so cozy. So cozy, exactly, like a blanket. Like, that's my perfect night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just great one-on-one time. And, like, you can see, like, his most endearing moments are when him and Mary are just talking yeah. and, like, really getting to know each other. And, yeah, like, him, you can see, like, where him and Fran drift because her life is so go, go, go as like mm-hmm. a businesswoman and then his life as a doctor is also really busy so they don't hold that like space for quality time for one another i completely mm-hmm. agree that he's quality time or he needs quality time but i do yeah. think he gives words of affirmation mm-hmm. because he's so good at reassuring mary and fran in like moments of stress you know mm-hmm. and i think that's like such like a special quality of also matthew mcconaughey like he's just, like you want to hear him speak you know, and so like Steve, of course, has that like effortless magnetism, even yeah. with that like weird blonde hair he has. That's, that's different. <laughs> oh, when we're looking to the future, do you think this couple lasts in five years? I don't think so. Aww. And I think it makes me sad. But like, look at Steve, like he's immediately jumping into another serious relationship where he's in love with this woman who mm-hmm. he barely knows after like his long term relationship that was going to lead to marriage. Like he was engaged like that's so intense. And like, I don't think he gives himself enough space to like emotionally recuperate, you mm-hmm. know, and just kind of regroup a little bit. And then Mary, on the other end, like, she has been so, like, consistently hesitant and, like, cynical around (laughs) marriage. I think she thinks of it as, like, so much more of, like, business as, like, wedding than the actual, like, act at this point because she's been hurt. And I think it's just, it's hard. I wish them the best, but I don't believe it. You know, I agree with you, Mercedes, but I do want to ask you just one thing that you said. Um, You had mentioned that, like, Eddie is jumping from one relationship to another. He needs some emotional recuperation. I'm curious if you think it's possible for that to happen when you're in a very, very long-term relationship, right? Because I feel like when you're in a long-term relationship that stretches like seven, eight years, Mm -hmm. there is a time where you just stop, you know, you just stop loving and having those feelings for the other person. So you essentially feel single while you're still in a relationship. And I only say this because I have a friend that has a beautiful love story. And I know that her husband was in a relationship for like 11 years and then wow they got together like not too long after that they've been married for a really long time now but i'm just curious if there if you believe that that can happen while you're in a long-term relationship like you just kind of start acting and living single even though you are with someone else i think it can definitely happen i think that's like when you put aside the romance of it you know like there's Mm. not like the romantic love there but i think you still have love and care for that person i don't know it almost becomes like ending like a long-term friendship that's still like an emotional taxing thing to do Mm -hmm. you know even if you're not like really romantically involved with the person you're with anymore it's Mm -hmm. still a huge change 
100%. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Guys, we're going to move into Heartthrob. Mercedes and I just like to gush about the the guys in this movie or who we like in this movie. Okay. So, Mercedes, tell me who you would bring home to your friends and your loved ones and introduce them to. Oh, my God. Steve, <laughs> the hot doctor. <laughs> Steve, the hot doctor. But, like, I would need to change his early 2000s blonde hair. Like, it is, mm. it's yellow. It's not, like, it's, it's so bad. Like, who did that to him? It's terrible. <laughs> it was the style back then, Mercedes. You wouldn't know you were only five, but it was a style. <laughs> that, like, bleached look. Oh, my God. That was also the era where, like, guys were wearing jeans with flip-flops, and that was my, I hated that look. Chad Michael Murray used to rock that look all the time. And it was so contrary. Are you cold or are you hot? What What's going on here? <laughs> um, Chad Michael Murray. Chad yeah. Michael Murray. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, I would bring home Massimo. I of just, course. I'm a huge fan of his because I just, I think he's so dorky. But I also feel like he's a type of man who would go out of his way to make sure that he is providing for you and taking care of you and making sure that you feel loved every single day. I feel like yeah. even if he only had like $5 in his wallet, he'd spend that $5 on flowers and to bring them home to me because he knows that they would make me smile. And then he'd just not have money for the rest of the week, but he would do that. And I just, I, I love that and I need that. <laughs> he does have such an open heart. It is so funny at the end when he just sees one random woman and he's like, oh, hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <you're> completely distracted <laughs> once again. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to play Mary Smooch Ghost. If you remember from last week, we just want to make this segment a little bit more relatable to us. And so we decided to change the title. So it is now Mary Smooch Ghost. And so we have Steve Massimo. And I just included Keith, who was Mary's ex, who we run into at the flower shop. So tell me, Mercedes, who would you marry? Who would you smooch? And who would you ghost? I'm ghosting Keith. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I would marry Massimo and smooch Steve. Just to like nix the cheaters, like emotional cheating, mm. still cheating. Yeah, so, like I'm like, no. Mercedes, is this the first time that we're agreeing on Mary Smooch Ghost? Oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> I am a hundred percent with you there, marrying Massimo. But like, I mean, you could have called that from the beginning. Yeah, switching Steve and ghosting Keith. Okay, yay, fist pump. Wow, that's a historical moment for us. <laughs> I love that. All right, guys, before we wrap it up, we always just love to bring in a pop culture moment. You know, it's so funny. So this movie is 21 years old. But last wow. year for the 20th anniversary, J-Lo and Matthew McConaughey reunited on YouTube. And I just thought oh. that was lovely. They, again, both. I still think Matthew McConaughey is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. He's a little leathery, like skin-wise. <laughs> but, like, he he's very interesting, that man. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Okay. Also, did you know, so this movie premiered Super Bowl weekend in 2001. Mm -hmm. And... It was number one in the box office that weekend. And that same week, J-Lo's second album, titled J-Lo, went number one on Billboard 200. And she's the first person in the U.S. to ever have this happen. Wow. Yeah. She was having and, a good month. <laughs> exactly. And funny enough, Marry Me premiered Super Bowl weekend this past year. I mean, yeah, this year. That's true. Well, J-Lo. J-Lo's just going to take over the Super Bowl. And then she performed at the Super Bowl, too. How many years? Yes. Two, two years? I, I don't understand time anymore. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> These past two years have just been one year, essentially. <laughs> but guys, we want to know your thoughts about The Wedding Planner. Is it your go-to rom-com? Do you like Mary? Do you like Steve? Or maybe you're a Mossimo fan just like me? Make sure to slide into our DMs at Meet Cute. 
Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 at Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.